Hey everyone, God bless and welcome to Wednesday Night True Encounter. We are excited that you are with us. And tonight, although it's still March, technically, right, we are actually starting our April series, which is called Bible Study and Fasting. Yes, two things that are very powerful and very necessary in our walk with Christ. So we ask you right now, wherever you're at, to open up your Bibles, have them out, have your highlighters out, make sure that you're just ready to receive because we know something special is going to come from this series, we know God's going to speak to you in a unique way because when we fast, believe it or not, we shut everything down so only our spirits can receive just that unique and pure revelation from heaven, heaven itself. And when we study the Bible, that teaches us how to walk this life out for God, not guessing what God wants, but actually knowing what God desires from us. So uh, I also want to introduce my podcast community. Thank you guys so much for joining our second episode on Wednesday night. Uh, remember, we'll be moving forward doing these episodes, and we asked you guys that if you have any feedback, um, to make sure to leave your comments. Now you can also leave your comments on the new website that just got uh, launched today, uh, which is kennyhopeministries.wordpress.com. So make sure if you're listening on the podcast to check that out, leave your comments, let me know what you think about the Wednesday classes and what we could do in further episodes uh, moving forward. So. Tonight, I do want to start real quick with our lineup. Thanks to our brother, Nico Ross. We have our uh, entire lineup here. And obviously today we're doing reading and studying. Uh, our next Wednesday will be religious versus relationship, but fasting. Some of us fast in a religious way. Some of us fast in a relational way, relational way with Jesus. Uh, week three will feature studying while fasting. Very powerful. If you guys have ever studied your Bible while you're fasting, it's literally heavens open over your head. It's pretty amazing. And the second to last week is April 21st, which will be a team Bible study night. Have a nice little thing uh, ready for you guys. And I know my math is not incorrect. The last night will be a mystery night, which we'll see what happens there because Ken likes to do that. Just bring a hand towel like we said over here at your encounter. No, just bring yourselves and God will do something mighty that night. And I'm just excited for this whole entire series. So let's get into tonight's message, which is reading in Bible study, please, Nicholas. Reading versus studying. Yes, this is the topic that must be spoken about, especially amongst young adults. I mean, every part of the body needs to know about this, but us young people, sometimes we're kind of, I guess you can say we're not really against reading the Bible, but a lot of us are against studying the Bible. And that's why, because reading is a pretty easy task if you think about it. When was the last time you guys walked by a store, read their ad, and kept them moving, right? Reading is not so much something that's demanding. Studying, however, is. Why? Let me give you the definition of what studying means. So the definition is the devotion of time and attention. Let me ask you a question, whoever wants to answer this. I'm missing Arlie right now because she's the person I always pick on right now. So I'm going to pick on you from the back. <laughs> she is. But how... Can you study the Bible if you don't have time and you don't have attention? So my thing is, many of us are like, okay, I got to study the Bible. Okay, okay, Bible study is done. You have to understand, God wants you to sit down, stop what you're doing, and stopping what you're doing consists of your mind, not only your actions, but your mind from running. If your mind is running and you're reading, you ever had a conversation with somebody and you're talking to them, right? And they're looking somewhere else. You can tell they're not listening to a word you're saying. And you're like, uh, should I just stop talking? Should I keep going? Because you're clearly not listening to what I'm saying. That is the same thing that happens spiritually when your mind is running and you're trying to read. You're reading the words. It's happened to me so many times when I'm reading. And I had to stop and say, I didn't capture any of that. I had to go back to the beginning. That happens. So be very mindful. And again, it's the time and attention of a, to acquire knowledge on an academic subject, especially means of a book, of, of books. So in this case, obviously, what is the book that, that's in play? It is the Bible. We want to study the Bible. I want to make sure that whatever the Bible is saying, I'm studying it. I'm devoting my attention, my time, everything necessary to this because I truly want to acquire something from it. Amen? Uh, let's get to the next slide. So. 
The source of our spiritual growth comes from not simply reading the Bible, rather studying it intently. I think for the most part, what really has kind of damaged young adults is that the people who are kind of mentoring us or like overseeing us were like, have you read your Bible? And you're like, no. And it's like, you're going to go to hell. You're like, oh my God, let me open the Bible because I feel condemned. This is the mindset, although it's very playful and theatrical the way I did it. However, it is very true because we feel like the order is clear. Read your Bible. Okay, that sounds good, but it's not so much that we want to send you home so you read and then you come back and you're like, well, I read the Bible, but I didn't get anything from it. That's not the intention. The intention is that you go home and you don't just make it, you know, part of your open schedule, but you actually add it to your life. Think about that. Right now, guys, if you were just to make that adjustment where you're not so much reading the Bible every day, but you're studying it. You know what's cool about studying? You can do, you can study less verses and less passage and actually receive more than reading a lot. So it actually just emphasizes a passage. Todd White put it this way. He read the whole book of Ephesians for a whole year. If y'all read the book of Ephesians, probably takes you about maybe, yeah, you guys should read it in six hours if you wanna do it. However, what was the intention? Well, I wanna show off, I wanna be, no. He said, the Lord brought me to this book, and I want to understand why. How many times do you read your Bible, and you genuinely have, I want to understand why, on your mind? Versus, they're making me do this, and it's an obligation. Do you guys realize, as young adults, the more and more your body receives obligation or commands or demands, you are actually drawn by your nature to go to the taboo and say, well, I don't want to do that. So think about that. You have to process these things. So if someone is telling you do it and you don't want to do it, you're, even if you do do it, your heart's going to be in the wrong posture, wrong attitude, wrong intention, and you're going you're to do it just simply because it was homework. This is not homework, guys. This is life work. This is everything we need to produce the fruit in order to be believers in Christ. Next slide, poor favor. Again, the issue many believers have is distinguishing the two. We read many things throughout the day, but rarely do we study something. Isn't it crazy that when you introduce money into the equation, you tend to be a lot more alert and a lot more in the moment? Every time it's like, oh, this is your job, though. You're like, oh, where do I get paid $15 an hour? I'm going to do it. Nico, I have a question for you. Would you, on a regular day, without any pay, cut cold cuts all day long for seven hours? Probably not. For my audience listening, he's going to say no to that. However, you let's change the equation, right? Let's put in a pay. Let's put in some incentives here. And you do it without even a blink of the eye. So God is asking right now. He's kind of putting our brains and our minds and our hearts on the table. And he's saying, what exactly is the motive? Because if you want to study my word and gain eternal life and understanding and knowledge and just life-changing advice, if that's what you want to do, it doesn't matter who pays you, who calls your attention, you're going to be glued to that. But if you're reading because, well, the pastor told you to, well, Ken's starting a Bible study series, so I have to kind of have to, he kind of put my hand, I'm in a weird place, I guess I have to read the Bible now. Guys, let me give you a secret, watching on Facebook and the podcast and sitting here. If you ever feel like you have to read the Bible because somebody else, close your Bible. Pastor, yes. Oh, did you just say that? I did say that. Close your Bible because you're doing it with the wrong intention. And chances are you're going to fall asleep in the first five minutes anyway. So close your Bible and research. What does the word say? I'm going to quiz my team right now. In Psalm 51. Anyone know on top of the head? Created me a pure and clean heart. Someone's got to stop trying to act religious. Act, say, Lord, create a pure heart in me. And then he says, because you're going to teach me the ways of everlasting. And forgive me of any trespass, any mistakes that I made, and lead me back. 
So create in me a pure heart. I don't want to read this for any other reason. I don't want to read this because someone told me to. I want to read it because my spirit, my soul, my being needs this food. Okay, next slide. I want to share with you some truths and some myths behind Bible studies. I, I'm not glad I had so much fun writing this when I was doing this. It, it, reason why is because probably almost 98% of the church does this. And it leads to why you're not absorbing the word. Why the word's kind of like hovering around you, but it's like not living in you. You don't live in the Old Testament anymore. Holy Spirit is now living in you. So the word is alive inside of you thanks to Christ Jesus, no? So, let's get into the first myth. Myth number one, Kenny, in this case, or the pastor of any church forcefully demands you to read the word of, of the Bible or else you'll, you're condemned. It's a myth. Something that man has made up. Something that man has conjured up. Why? Because they use it as an excuse not to read. What comes back home and here's a conversation. Oh, how was your how was your your, uh, your service today? It was good. I mean, I feel like Ken was kind of like, you know, going to head the whole thing. Like, you gotta you gotta read your word, and like, honestly, I don't have time. And I feel like if I don't read it now, I stand condemned, and I'm the wrong one. I'm the I'm the person who's bad. And I feel like if I don't have to read it, I don't. This is a myth. We cannot stay trapped in that. If you're going home, like I said before, and you feel like somebody is telling you right now, Russian roulette style, you read the word or die, then there's some, you have received the message in the wrong way. You have received it from the position of actually offense or hurt. Because you know what's, what's happening? You're triggered by when your dad says you're worthless. When your mom says, why don't you clean your room? You're receiving it from different ears. God is not sitting here and saying, if you don't read my word, I'm going to choke you out. I don't want you here. No, that's not daddy or mommy or boyfriend or ex-boss speaking. So this is a myth here if someone feels that. Let me give you a truth behind this. This is the truth. God desires and he commands us to read his word that gives us life. Now, when I use the word command, he's telling us, if you do anything outside of this, I just want you to know today, it's going to lead to death. If you don't do this intently, it's impossible for you to know who I am and why my word was even written in the first place. Let's go to 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17. We're reading out of the Amplified Version. Who can read that for me? Uh, let me give this mic out. Arelis. All scripture is God breath, breathe. Given, breathe, given by divine inspiration and is profitable for instruction, for conviction of sin, for correction of error of restoration to obedience, for training in righteousness, learning to live in the conformity to God's will, both publicly and privately, behaving honorably with personal integrity and moral courage, so that the man of God may be complete and proficient outfitted and thoroughly equipped for every good work amen you guys understood that where in this passage is it the pastor tells you have to read the bible nowhere no leader nothing that what we do is we shepherd you so i'm not going to sit here arlie what's going on today what's your problem today you know what kiddo just tomorrow's a brand new day no i'm going to tell you to get in that word girl because you need listen you, you're down I was listening, hey, there's a word to encourage you right now. That's what I want to give you. Now, if you're in a church and all they're saying to you is, is quips and, and beautiful, you know, experiences, you get out of that church because they got to bring you back to the word. The word is everything. There's a reason why the word says itself that the only thing that will last out of all this chaos is his word. Not even the heavens or the earth. Can you imagine that? So go back to that first, the, 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 the first part of the verse. All scripture is God-inspired, his breath, given by divine inspiration and profitable for instruction, for conviction. 
Sometimes we don't want to study our Bibles because we don't want that. Oh, my God, he's again, bro. You know what's so important, Arlie, to get in that Bible? Because sometimes, just sometimes, you need to look at yourself in the mirror and say, man, that's, I know that sin. And I got to hear this. Why? Because when you read it in the Bible, this is one thing that happened to me, guys, and it's, it, was, it transformed me. I would hear so much stuff from my father from four years old to 25 years old about stuff that was biblical. And what I would hear was like, oh, here comes the religion, here comes the... But then when I read it, I was like, oh, man, it was a head, head different. I didn't hear my dad's voice anymore. I heard the voice of the Holy Spirit. And that's, that's very important because a lot of your relationships are maybe damaged or tarnished or just maybe you haven't defined it yet. So when somebody talks to you and you don't really respect them and they talk about the word, you're like, yeah, well, guess what? Your message and you both sucked. So I don't want to listen to anything you're saying. But when you go to the perfect one and he reads it to you, what are you going to say to him? Well, you don't know me. Oh, I don't know you, huh? If you guys really want to experience that live, just read Job. Job, I love Job. I'm, I'm going to thank Job when I go to heaven because he did what everyone wants to do. Show up, God. Where have you been? Where did you go? Who are you? Oh, who am I? I love it. He goes, he doesn't miss a detail. It's almost like God, like Job got it, the first three lines, but God's like, I'm going to just keep going because I want you to know the know to know who I am. Think about that. For correction, I don't like to be corrected. Well, guess what? God loves to correct you because you're his child of error and restoration to obedience, for training in righteousness. God's not only interested in correcting you and making your hair look nice, he wants you to move. This is what happens. We hate the Bible because like, oh, okay, I got to do this, I got to do that, I got to do that. You're not in the army. Listen, if you are in the army, they're making them stand a certain way, but that's not what their goal is. Their goal is you're going to be in live action one day, dude. You're going to have a gun with the safety off. I got to make sure you're not mentally messed up and you can handle the objective. He is a general. And he wants to infuse you with that confidence and training. Learning to live in conformity to God's will. I can end the whole class with that verse right there. God is telling you, Okay, I have a question. Let's, let's do some studying right now. Why would he say something like that in the Word? Because if he says, I want you to learn how to conform to my will, the only conclusion we can say is there is a different will trying to get us. Why would he say that then? Why would he bring that up? It's irrelevant. It is one decision, right? Now, both publicly and privately, you know the most, I feel like, I believe right now the most powerful men and women of God, we haven't even seen them yet. Why? Because they're, they're on their mountain. They're in their desert. They're in their prayer room. They're in their moments with God. Behaving honorably with personal integrity and moral courage so that the man or woman of God may be complete and proficient, outfitted and thoroughly equipped for not some of the good works, Harley, every good work. You know what's interesting about that last verse, though? Our good works as believers is pretty much getting in somebody else's mess or witnessing it at least. Someone goes crazy on you, someone cuts you off, someone badmouths you, someone, whatever they do, and you got to react, but in a way that you're equipped for that good work. How could you, I have a question for y'all. Does your light, what does your light look like to someone in darkness? Because it should be rather noticeable. If you walk into a room and someone, you're a light and someone's like, oh, okay, it's different. But if you walk into a room that's all darkness and you're shining, don't you think you're going to get attracted to that? Why, what is your light about? Why is he shining? Why is everyone else dark here? Why are you shining? Well, I don't know. No, because most likely you've been reading your word. Most likely you've been connecting with the Holy Spirit and he's preparing you for a what? A good work. A soul restoration. 
Let's get to the next slide. Let's go to another myth, which is, I love this one, reading the verse of the day is sufficient food and spiritual nourishment. I'm going to use Nicole here because Nicole allows me to uh, sometimes throw her under the bus. Nicole one time showed me her streak on the Bible app. I believe it was 234. And I was like, so how do you feel? She's like, I've never gone this high. I'm like, well, is the word in you? Not really. So I was like, so what good is it that you're doing that, but it's not living in you? Thank you, Nicole, for being a guinea pig. Or, however, it could be also reading the word is optional. This is also a killer for many young Christians. Well, riddle me this, Ken. I go on Instagram a lot, and I repost pretty cool stuff. And I read what they post. So, in so facto, I'm reading. Are you, though? As long as I show up and take some notes... And listen, I'll grow. It'll, it'll happen maybe slower, but it'll happen. Eh, incorrect. A lot of believers have become very dependent on the speaker, not what the word is, the speaker is speaking. So what happens is they're like, oh, this is a cool message. Oh, this is a cool message. Oh, this kind of message is kind of boring. Oh, that's better. Oh, I need this. I don't need this. Do you guys realize in the word you can never say, I don't need this? There was a moment where I was reading, and Paul was going in on marriage. Mind you, I didn't have, Laura wasn't even in the picture. But I'm like, one day, I'm going to need to know this, right? I'm going to have to understand this. Every, what do we say? What second, uh, second Timothy say about that? Everything is God-inspired. And it will help you, it will teach you, it will instruct you. God is not impressed by our actions and sacrifices. He loves our obedience. You cannot, under any circumstance, do everything else out as a, I guess you could say, as a filler, as a replacement for reading God's word. Because all that will lead you to is back to his word. You understand that? So if you're doing a lifestyle where you're giving to charity, you're sowing into different ministries, you're loving people from a distance, you're holding open doors saying, God bless you, but you're not in his word. You're doing a bunch of nice acts. They're cool. Good works. But that word has to be living in you. Because one day, that kindness might fall away. One day, the wrong person might catch you on the wrong day. And all of a sudden. So how good are we by ourselves? Ask yourself, why, if we have your spirit and you die for us, did you leave us a word? There's got to be a reason behind the most intricate being of all time to leave behind a word. Truth. Reading and studying the word of God in order to absorb true, nut true nutrition is an absolute necessity. You know what else is an absolute necessity, Arlie? Breathing, right? Could you one day walk in here and be like, Ken, I love your class, but I'm deciding optionally on my own, you know, not to breathe today. So you being here, it doesn't matter you're here, you're not breathing, you're dead. The word's the same thing. You can agree to go to church. You can agree to say, oh, you know what, my friends. You can agree to all those things. But if the word of God is not there, if you don't look at it as the lamp unto my feet, then what really is it? You know what it is? It sometimes become a shield to the wrongs that I do, to the mistakes that I do. You gotta you look at it. I want you guys to start studying the Bible when you're not sad. You know how many times you, you read the Bible because you're depressed? You feel condemned? And what, what do we call it? It's a pick-me-up. What is the difference between that and a shot of adrenaline? There's no difference. But when I can go back to the word and no one tells me, and I'm like, what are you doing? I'm reading the word. Why not? Oh, happened to you. Someone, someone get, no, nothing happened. I'm just so thankful that God is in my life. Well, that's weird. 
course it is, because the flesh does not consider things spiritual to be. Understand that. Let's read Matthew 7, 7 through 8. I want someone to read this for me. If you could pass the mic to whoever likes to do that. Rafi. Just throw it across the room now. We are, I'm sorry, we are in Matthew 7, 7 through 8 in the Amplified Version. Testing? Okay, cool. Um, ask and keep on asking and it will be given to you. Seek and keep on seeking and you will find. Knock and keep on knocking and the door will be open to you. For everyone who keeps on asking receives and he who keeps on seeking finds. And to him who keeps on knocking, it will be opened. I love the amplified version of this verse, this passage, because a regular version is just simple. Seek, ask, knock. This one keeps saying, hey, Arlie, seek and keep seeking. We are so result-driven that if I read the Bible one day and receive nothing, I discard of it. It's the people. This is what I want you guys to learn from faith tonight. It's the people that this is the barrier, and they say, well, I'm going to cross this barrier regardless of what I hear or feel. Because what we do is that we read, right? And then we're like, well, God didn't answer, so I guess that's a wrong thing. But reading and believing requires you to keep going. You don't just read, and if it doesn't happen in the moment, you leave. If your girlfriend or boyfriend didn't text you goodnight, does he hate you all of a sudden? Well, that's my love language. Maybe he was tired. Maybe he had a long day at work. Maybe he says good morning, but he didn't say good night. Something's got to be off. You got to keep, listen, that's what makes everything work. Marriage is you coming together and saying, yeah, we're going to bump heads. It's going to be crazy, but I'm going to keep on moving forward. Businesses, oh, I'm in a dry season, but I know where I'm going. I'm going to keep on moving. Everything requires for us to keep on going. This is all these, these words are just defined as faith. If God tells you right now, guys, answer. If God tells you right now, knock and keep on knocking and I'll answer, are you going to stop knocking? Well, Ken, if the knocking reaches 200 knocks, I'll probably slow down a little bit. You can slow down. That's fine. Don't stop, though. Knuckles could be bleeding. Just keep going. He who is faithful can, he, what, is, what does Abraham say? Anyone remember what Abraham says about this? Come on, we read this a couple of times. Say it, what? You know what Abraham says about the promise? Will perform. He who gives the promise will perform. You see, we can't look at that and say, well, my ex-girlfriend didn't perform, so my dad didn't perform. My boss fired me when I needed the money. Why I keep doing this? I don't get it. Rationalizing. And you rationalize and you put yourself in trouble. Why do you think the word says in Hebrews that the word, he uses the word it is impossible to please God without faith. We sometimes think that he takes like a little bit of like a, like an asterisk in our name, like, oh, well, for Shemaina, sometimes. No. Anyone who wants to come after me, pick up their cross. Believe who I am. That's what Jesus basically says. For everyone who keeps on asking receives. Whoever keeps on seeking finds. I can't guarantee you what you're looking for and what you want might be at the end of the side, other side of that. But I do know he will be there. And whatever he shows up as, he knows you need it the most. Maybe you're looking for peace, but he wants to give you clarity. Maybe you're looking for knowledge, but he wants to give you humility. That's why you go into the word, because the word filters what you truly need, Arlie. That works for you tonight, my friend. You don't go to the word of what you basically want. You go for what you need. 
If you need that love, God knows that already. Right? He knows that already. But when you come, he's a God of what abundance, the word says. He'll give you multiple things. Because he sees your heart. Next one, please. Was there another verse with that? Yeah, can you, can you go... Can you go back to that truth? Yes. Can we now, anyone wants to read Psalm 103, 17, 18? Can you pass the mic to Colby, please? We are in Psalm 103, 17, 18 in the Amplified Version. <clears throat> Did I put it up? I'm um, sorry. Sorry. Sorry, podcasters. So you can take your time to open your Bible and find it. And we're on Facebook. Oh, there YouTube you go. as well. Thanks. There it is. You rock, Nicole. <clears throat> It's on the amplifier. There we go. But mercy and loving kindness of the Lord are from everlasting to everlasting upon those who reverently and worshipfully fear him. <clears throat> and his righteousness is due to is to children's children. Mm -hmm. To such as keep his covenant, hearing, receiving, loving, and obeying it, and to those who earnestly remember his commandments to do them, imprinting them on their hearts. So you see that? Those who want to keep that covenant, those who want to keep that word, want to follow what he says. That's how the inheritance of blessing continues. Saying, if you do that, I, I'm promising you right now. What is Joshua here? Joshua here is the same thing. Just get in my word. I know, I know what you think you need right now. I know that Moses leaving you, you're freaking out. I get it, but I want you to focus on this. The world looks big, but I want to give you a little. Amen. Well, if you lower my gain a little bit, or even my mic a little bit. <clears throat> well, the next myth I want to talk about is reading is hard and I can't do it. I feel like it's too much, Ken. I get tired and I just simply can't focus. Now someone's gonna say, but it's happened to me, Ken. I'm not doubting it's happened to you, but I'm, I want you to understand why it's happening to you. Someone once told me, well, I, don't, I just can't do it. I don't, I don't wanna read, it's hard for me, and, and I, don't like, I don't think I can do it. Let me tell you something, guys. Bef you see me now, but before I came to Christ, I did not like to write nor to read. None of that was top of the top 10 fun list for Ken. None of that. It was boring. I hated it. But something happened in, within me. Something opened up a door that said, I do want to read this. I don't know why. I can't sit here and be like, I knew the reason. No, I don't know why, but I wanted to do it. Let me tell you the truth behind this. The truth is we can't read because we are spending too much time in our flesh. The more time we spend doing what pleases the flesh, the less time we will pursue spiritual things. It's as one, two, three as that. You're telling me, let me give you a little scenario here. You're telling me right now that you can't read the Bible but my dude, you were on Instagram for five hours straight? It has nothing to do with, oh, I just can't because it's just too hard. No, your flesh is hyped. Your flesh, your flesh is on a high right now. Well, listen, for my athletes listening, could you imagine, and I, I, yesterday Rafi and I played ball. Imagine Rafi, we're warming up, right? And in our warm-ups, we hit like 15 out of like 30 shots, right? We're feeling strong, shooting 50%, right? And then like, Someone picks us, we'll first pick, right? So we're getting real hype now, right? All that's happening. And then all of a sudden when the game comes, you don't play. Would you like that? What I want you guys to understand is this. The flesh, everyone takes this, this kind of, this whole thing and think, oh, like pornography or sex or nasty, no. You have things that please your flesh. There are things that call your attention. There are things you like to do. Pursuit of money, overplaying an instrument, video games, Netflix, you name it. They're taking up your time. How is it that you can go from what you're doing in the flesh and sowing in the flesh to all of a sudden read your Bible? You're asking for an impossible 
task. That's why you get tired. That's why you doze off because Instagram just took all that from you for two hours and then you want to read your Bible for 10 minutes? Impossible. How are you going to tell me? Tell, explain to me how can you do that? And if that's been what you've been doing, no wonder you're not even retaining. But Ken, I'm always reading the Bible. What you doing? What are you doing before that? What are you doing the whole day leading into that? Pro tip tonight. Read your Bible as soon as you wake up. You gotta, what's distracting you? A yawn? The only thing that can distract you. Hold up, Campbell. I got to check out what's popping on Instagram first. Then I'll read that verse of the day and I'm good. No. You cannot spend too much time doing something and expect the other thing to somehow benefit or receive your full attention. Let's go into the Bible verse. In Colossians 3, 1 through 2, this is in the Passion Translation. Whom would like to read that? Christ's resurrection is your resurrection too. This is why we are to yearn for all that is above. For that's where Christ sits enthroned at the place of all power, honor, and authority. Yes, feast on all the treasures of the heavenly realm and fill your thoughts with heavenly realities and not with the distractions of the natural realm. I'll use myself as the guinea pig now. There was one time where I watched Impractical Jokers for like two hours straight. Sat on my couch, long day. But I knew I had to read the word. I knew I needed something spiritual. And when I went to go read the word, <laughs> my mind was just boggled. It was just, I, I saw the words in the paper. I just wasn't receiving. But you know what I coughed it up to? I must be tired. It was a long day. Excuses. You knew what you were doing. You know what was being sown into you. It's one thing to be tired after a long, hard day of work, which is possible. But it's nothing to be mentally drained from retaining garbage and nonsense or distractions of the natural realm and then want to jump to a spiritual position. Do you guys realize that if you watch, if you're seated on the couch watching, watching the Psalms of Netflix and then you want to somehow flip and be seated in heavenly places, that's irrational. Is that, am I mistaken? Am I, is it wrong? Am I trying to bully you guys? No. The truth is, listen, you're working, you're doing your thing, but make sure, that's why the word of God wants it living in you. He doesn't want you simply sitting down and reading it. He wants to have something in you where it's like, I'd much rather read the Bible today than that. And how does that happen, Arlie? It happens when you're consistently practicing it. If you're practicing what this this realm is trying to teach you. I love how it says here in verse 2, yes, feast on all the treasures. You guys ever been to a feast before? They got all sorts of bougie food, right? Right, Arlie? They got all this like, like caviar and like, all this, just like you know, roasted ham and turkey and all these things and like arroz con pollo for my, for my Spanish people out there. And you feast on that, you know? It's like when the wings came here on Crave Night, right? Y'all feasted on that. They were gone like in eight seconds. But you take your plate, you put the wings on, you put your sauce on there, you put some fries because you're feasting on that. God wants you to be like, yo, I want to feast spiritually right now. And you want something about a feast? A feast is never 10 minutes. It's an event. Make it an event. Like, yo, what are you doing today? Yo, I got work, I'm going to the gym, and I'm reading my Bible, bro. Sounds kind of boring. For you, it does. I need it, man. I really do. Wow, is there something wrong? You're like, nope, I just need it. I know how much I need that inside of me. I want to have the word. I want to stop focusing on natural things. Why? Because the distractions of the natural realm keep you depressed. You ever had a distraction, Arlie, that was a good distraction? It's truth, right? No. If you ever think it's a good distraction, no, it's just heaven invading, telling you to stop doing what you're doing. 
We need that. We need the word. We can't keep poking and be like, did you read the word today? Did you read the word today? That's got to come from within. That comes from relationship. Next slide, please. Myth. Next myth. Oh, I like this one. Bible study is sufficient. I'll make sure to join my brothers and my sisters in reading it and even set some time aside for myself to study it. What's wrong with that? This should be a truth, no? All they tell me, I mean, if you just Bible study every day or maybe like well, twice a week or whatever it is, isn't that, isn't that good? It's not enough because you're doing it because of Bible study, she said. Let me read you the truth behind this. Reading and studying are the key to walking the word out in your life. You can't simply read and not apply it to your lifestyle. Sometimes we find the courage to humble ourselves and to join Bible study and to read the Bible on our own, which is fantastic. But if the words aren't jumping out of the page and into our hearts, what are we truly accomplishing? And that's the thing. What, what this basically is, when you establish this rhythm of just doing things, going to church, like I guess about reading all these things, you're just establishing a very high form or eloquent form of religion. I'm doing what's told of me, right? Yeah, but why did you yell at your brother the other day? Well, he stole something from me. But you say you read the word every day. You have Bible studies. Yeah, I know, but... So... What exactly are you doing? James 1, 23 through 25, the Amplified Version. I'm going to read this one. It says, For if anyone only listens to the word without obeying it, he is like a man who looks very carefully at his natural face in the mirror. For once he has looked at himself and gone away, he immediately forgets what he looked like. But he who looks carefully into the perfect law, the law of liberty, and faithfully abides in it, not having become a careless listener who forgets but an active doer who obeys, he will be blessed and favored by God in what he does in his life of obedience. That middle part right there says, a careless listener who forgets but an active doer who obeys. I, I once I was um, I was talking to this this young kid and he was like probably like 15 years old and he was like but I just I feel like I read the word a lot Ken but like you know I don't like what's the next step I told him I said do you just read the word and listen to it and just go back to playing video games he's like well sometimes you know I there's that I walk outside go outside play basketball okay so when was the last time you read the word and immediately obeyed it. So, well, sometimes, I, mean, sometimes, I feel sometimes, no, no, no. I want you to read the word. Just obey it. Whatever it says, that's it. For the whole week, just do that. Practice it. We practice listening, guys. Not obeying. Think about it. We got, you know, dang, I love y'all. Y'all supporters of the podcast. We watch our Facebook, right? Facebook lives on Wednesdays, on Fridays, and Sundays. Those are all great tools. But what good is an amen pastor or amen minister or preacher if we don't really want that word to be lived out? A lot of our faith, our day-to-day -day faith, is taking the word of God and simply believing it in that moment. If you told me not to get angry before the sun, don't let the sun go down on my anger, then I'm going to do that. If you told me to forgive every offense so you can forgive me in heaven, I'm going to do that. If you told me to rest, I'm going to do that. If you told me to love, where there's no love coming back to me, I'm going to do that. But, but Jesus says, what was that? How he said, he says, if they ask for your, uh, your tunic, you give them your whole robe, right? If they ask you to go one mile, you go two miles. How many of us are willing to do that every day? But be real. All right, Ken, you want to be real, so I'll tell you, I'll tell you the truth. I don't really want to. So you don't want to do the word of God. No, 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 but you said it. And I, no, 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 I'm just repeating it. I'm reciting it. Do you not want to do it still? I don't know. 
it's because you forgot what you looked like. Looked into the mirror, you walked away, and you're lost. These are lost Christians. Wait, whoa. Oh, I said that. Okay. Oh. Okay. Know your identity. And guys, I never said it wasn't going to be a battle. It's going to be a battle. You're dying. You're dying to your flesh as you're executing this plan. Blessed and favored by God in what he does in his life of obedience. Is there another slide there, Nicole? So I want to close with this. Um, I want to do an actual example of what I've been talking about this whole entire time. Um, if I can have some people open up their Bibles or their tablets or whatever they have today, I want you guys, if one, who wants to find Amplified Version of Matthew 6.33? Okay, you got New King James, Amplified, who want Passion? Okay. So what I'm going to do right now, May, if you could do me the honors, if you could just be the runner right now. Uh, I'm going to start, Colby, let's start with you in the New King James Version of, if you're listening and watching on Facebook and my podcast, Matthew 6.33. We're going to read first from the New King James Version. Okay, Matthew 6.33. Yep. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. Okay, very simple, right? Go ahead, just put the New King James Version up. When she puts it back up, Kobe, you can read it again. I just want, I want, okay, read it again. This is the New King James? Just 33, right? Yeah, just Matthew 6, 33. But see... Cole, we do not have the New King James Version? Yeah, Nicole, but remember, we have the version in, in our... There we go. We got it. Bingo. Yeah, there you go. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and these things shall be added to you. What stands out to you, Colby, in that verse? Uh, the first part. Seek first the kingdom of God. I was thinking about that today. It's funny. My, my, my question is, why put the word first there? What do you think? Priorities. Get your life together. Well, is it safe to say that the word first implies that there are seconds, thirds, fourths after you coming after you? Now it does. <laughs> so what's happening, what's forming here, he says, but first, but first. You know how many times this verse pierces when you're in a rush? When you're impulsive? Yeah. Right? Everyone, everyone tell you, ever ask you, Kobe, I'll, I'll stay with you. Everyone ever ask you to make a decision on the spot? Every day. <laughs> Every day. And could you imagine if you're like, would you, could you imagine, Kobe, one day during a meeting on Zoom? And you're like, Kobe, here's whatever, react. And you just kneel down and write in the dirt on your Zoom meeting. And you're like, give me a second. <laughs> like, listen, people will flip out. But the question is, at what cost? At what cost are you willing to give your peace and your patience with God? So he's telling us, first seek, you leave it up there, first seek the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things. Kobe, my second question, what are all these things to you? Your heart's desires? I don't know. <laughs> I, I, I believe in that category, heart's, it's like, it's like what's it, family feud? I go up there, look up, right, it comes up, heart's <laughs> desires pops up, right? I really believe that's the case. I also believe the things that you really want, the really need. I believe edification, knowledge, discernment, wisdom, peace, that all comes. Structure. But seek first his kingdom of, kingdom of God and his righteousness. Thank you, Kobe. The next one is the Amplified. You have Amplified, right? You know what? Actually, you know what? Let's go with Passion because Ralphie happens to be right behind uh, Kobe, we're going to read now in the Passion Translation of Matthew 6.33. So above all, constantly chase after the realm of God's kingdom and the righteousness that proceeds from him. Then all these less important things will be given to you abundantly. All right, Rafa, you're up. Yours has a little bit of a twist to it. I like that. It's like the, the bougie version of the Passion Translation. So above all, constantly, right? So what does that word constantly mean to you, Rafa? All the time. All the time. 
Was that was that the famous? I forget who said it, but the Spanish person. Oh, oh, Mont Apostle Montilla. God is good all the time. God is good all the time, right? If God's good all the time, where are you running to? Well, he's good in the majority. No, he's good all the time, right? And his then all oh, break it down for us, Rafi. Then all these less important things. <laughs> can you? Can you? What do you feel tonight when you read that part? Um, I guess like the worldly desires that we have in terms of like you know like fame, success, riches. Let Let me shine some light on that. When he says above all, constantly and first seek the kingdom of God. Do you know what happens when you keep doing that? Those things that you actually pursue with all your life actually become less significant. It's the same things that we said with Kobe, but they become less of a priority because you've re-established what you want. When you pursue Jesus and you're head over heels looking for him, that one time when you were studying 75 hours for an exam hourly, you're like, you know what? I do want to pass and I do want to get, I do want to be good, like a steward there. But I don't have much passion for that anymore like this. It literally takes a back seat. It doesn't change, it just changes position. See, we think it's like, oh, like, you know, it was just the way I looked at women. No, it's not. It's the same goal you had that could probably be tied to being not sinful, but it takes a back seat to his kingdom. And you become so determined to say, everything I do, I will seek the kingdom first. For all people who don't understand the tithe, the 10%, that got revealed to me right away. Wednesday comes payday, right? Seek the kingdom first. No one else is getting my money. Just thank God's quick pay. Now, God, Lord, take it. Decisions, hold up, God. Now, this is hard to, to take in, to absorb, but as you practice it, and let's check this out, the less important things will be given to you abundantly. Not only will God bless you, but it's not going to even make or break you anymore. Yeah, I got like two houses now. What do you mean you got like two houses now, bro? Yeah, but I have one house I leave for missionaries, another house I leave just in case I want a vacation, but I use it for the homeless. Woo! Y'all got that mindset now? Probably, huh? Put him first. Put him first, and you'll see what he's going to do with you. Not only that, you're going to see what he's going to do with you, and you're going to see with your own eyes what you're going to do with his abundant blessings. Because none of them will be for you anymore. You want to keep giving. You'll be so tired, you keep giving. Lord, come on, stop. Arlie, you're up. And we are now on the last version, which is the amplified version. Thank you. Go ahead. But seek, aim at, and strive after, first of all, his kingdom and his righteousness, his way of doing and being right, and then all these things taken together will be given you besides. I want you to do me a favor. Could you read that version we have up there? But first and most importantly, seek, aim at, strive after his kingdom and his righteousness his way of doing and being right, the attitude and character of God, and all these things will be given to you also. What stands out to you there? The first thing that caught my eye was um, strive after. Strive after. What do you feel when he says his way of doing and being right? Can I ask you this question? Sure. Casual's empty. <laughs> so, how could you know how he does things right if you don't know him? At that point, it's a compilation of ideas, no? Well, my pastor did this way, the deacon this way, the bishop, the YouTube preacher, and the podcaster. Oh, let's make one big thing. If you're not constantly seeking after the kingdom, you're going to make inferences which are educated guesses of what God wants to do. Sounds neat, right? Sounds kind of, you know, his way of doing and being right. You know what his way of being right most of the time looks like? 
horrible for us. I mentioned already too many times, I'm not going to give more examples, but we know that we're in a situation where we're seeking his kingdom. A lot of the outcomes are not going to be necessarily in this realm in our favor, but they're going to be for our soul to witness who God is through us. And then the attitude and character of God. Arl, do you ever have one of those bad attitude moments? Yeah. That happened, right? Yeah. You know what's awesome about that? Is that even though we go through it and we have the grace for it, when you keep seeking after the kingdom, you know inside of you, not only is he working in that part of you, but you're also willingly wanting to humble yourself there. When you don't have him there, you don't care about his character, the way he does things, and the way he wants to do things. You know why? Because they all personally conflict with the way you want to do things. So this little verse, seeking and most importantly his kingdom before all things, is starting to shine some real light. How do you do things? And if you do things outside of the will of God, how do you expect to understand God? And how do you expect others to understand the God living inside of you? I hope. You hope. You just live with him and you co-labor with him and you strive after his kingdom. You know, sometimes there'll be moments where there is a rational decision that should be made. Something quick that could be done and it's not harmful. But God's like, what if I want to jump in right there precisely? introduce a little faith. Let's shake the room up a little bit. What do you think the whole entire passage about Paul and Silas in the prison cell was about? Do you think God knew they're a little distraught? They're a little tired? A little maybe frustrated? If God loved us, how do we end up in this prison cell? Because he loves those prisoners and he loves that prison guard too. Yeah, but why me? Because he's the potter and you're the clay. Is that sufficient for you? Or is that too invasive? Is that too much to swallow? Because, you know, God, I'm going to pray that you choose you use somebody else like that. I'm going to pray that Rafi gets, he gets that encounter. What about you? What about me? 1 Corinthians is a beautiful book in chapter 13 about love. But John puts it this way, that there's no greater love than one who lays down his life for his friends. You guys have the opportunity if you continue reading this word, continue diving into this word. And just do me a favor, Nicole, if you could just put up the next and final verse of that, of that chapter. Refuse to worry about tomorrow, but deal with each challenge that comes your way one day at a time. Tomorrow will take care of itself. You know what's crazy? Not only does he say this to seek first his kingdom, but he says seek first today. Why are you worried about tomorrow, bro? There's a whole list. It's going to rain tomorrow. You're going to have a hard day at work tomorrow. I already see it. Focus on now. Focus on what's happening in front of you. Because every single time we think about tomorrow, we miss today's opportunity. Let me ask something. Based on that mathematics, if you keep doing it early, will you ever have an opportunity? Because you keep chasing your tail. I want the opportunity. I want the opportunity. It's right in front of you. But, but tomorrow, tomorrow is so important. What about today? Well, today's Tuesday. Tomorrow's Wednesday class. That's where, the, hey, how do we get going? But, but hold up. So God made a mistake making seven days? So the truth is, you get into the word. <clears throat> refuse to worry about the things that don't need your attention. Seek first his kingdom. Look and pursue what he has for you. <clears throat> Tonight, you can put the main slide back up. Tonight, what I want you guys to understand from reading and studying is this. You can read all you want. You can read the Bible every single day if you desire. You can read it right now for the next... I read it, listen, I read the whole Bible in about six months. But I'll tell you this. None of that compares to what I've been receiving in these now four years after. 
because I've been studying it. That was just information. I wanted to understand who I was reading about. Now I'm studying to know the author and why he's saying, why he chose these in, infallible people who are here writing this word, inspired by the Holy Spirit, to transform our lives now in 2021. I advise you all, don't let somebody else be the reason why you're reading your Bible, because somebody else might fall. That means you fall with them. Let you and the Holy Spirit be the main reason. Let your thankfulness and gratitude towards Jesus Christ dying on the cross for you be the main reason why you're always constantly seeking his kingdom and reading his word. If you continue to do that, you continue seeking, knocking, asking, you will find, he will open, and you will hear what he has for you. Don't let reading be something that's tragic and a burden. Let it be a blessing to your life now. And begin to find methods. There are beautiful devotionals in the Bible app, and those are great. But I want you to have your personal devotion with him. I want you to read a passage you've never read before and see how good God was, not only now, but in the Old Testament. And keep on giving yourselves as a sacrifice. Lay it down. That's your spiritual act of worship. And obey what he has for you. Because when you start studying the word of God, everything in your life gets impacted. Your relationships, your job. Maybe your job doesn't suck. Maybe the fact that you're negative sucks. Maybe those negative thoughts are just filling you in and you don't have enough actual foundational words and principles that get you through your day. Maybe God wants you in that tough job because he wants to work something in you. Maybe he's sharpening you. I'll leave you with this. If you think that this preaching or this message was a little too much, I'll leave you with John 17, 17. He says, sanctify them, Lord. Sanctify them in your word, for your word is truth. Be immersed in the word of God today and let that sanctify you and lead you to the day where we all get to meet our Lord and Savior. God bless you guys and we'll see you next week as we continue our series and we dive into fasting. For everyone listening on the podcast, we're so thankful for you to be with us and we will see you next week as well for the continuation of our series.